That's good. I all I'm, I'm gonna be working on my documentary, so I'm gonna be setting, you know. So it's good. Even though we might not, I mean, if we get to use it, but yeah, yeah. definitely gonna set it up so they can come see you and all that, you know. And I'm, they're gonna get the moments of us playing, you know, Shug and Death yeah. Blow and all that, you know. But we definitely, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta do it. You a legend. Yeah, yeah. So we gotta. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to tell people I know Pete. They like Pete. You know Pete, the real Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know we, we, we cruising since then. You know, we know how we know we got to stay out here. You know, things change. We fathers, man. You know, we got kids. You know, things change. You know, we still who we are. That never changed. I call you for anything on the East Coast. I call Pete. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. but we still in. The, I mean, you know, like I deal with that shit. I deal with that struggle with that shit every day. Just dealing with people, just not having a. The ability to be able to move from up under the cloth where everybody else is. We'll forever be. And that's why I'm glad you're doing this, mm -hmm. dogs in the yard, because people need to understand where we came from and see where we are yep. and see our journey is just, we ain't got no period on our journey. Yeah. Our journey's still going. Work. It's, it's, it's difficult, man. Just man, dealing with, you know. It's tough as fuck, but we, we, we ain't going nowhere. We making it happen. Oh, yeah. That's, that's oh. why platforms like this are created. So, those ex-convicts and those brothers that 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 had that moment that never had that voice, right. they're able to you know express their you know their, their situation on, on on this platform for the youth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For those out there that want to you know not listen and go ahead on it, but shut up, mom, or you know being disrespectful because you know we in a different era. Yeah, you know the kids and all that shit. They tough and they don't respect. You know no. what I'm saying? So this shit is really really tough. So you know with the hopes that you know doing. Shows like this, you know, it'll, 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 it'll open up their eyes, you know, to the point where at least if we could get one that'll be like, oh, shit, you know, mm -hmm. I, I seen that show. And it makes me think about not doing certain shit because, yo, you see Homeboy, he did 40 years. You right. know, I done interview people that did a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, if you look at my show, my shit is crazy. The in, From the intro all the way. Like, yeah, I've yeah. seen some of them. I, I, um, I seen how in the, in the platform how you giving people to be able to talk. Yeah. I love it because in the doc we're doing, mm -hmm. it's about people coming from nothing back to something. Our motherfuckers happened to to hustle, you know what right. I'm saying? And what hip-hop was. And this is a part of hip-hop. Just to show this show alone is a part of hip-hop. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, I want to um, get into, uh, uh, you know, your, your, where, you, where you was born, you know, raised and um, mm -hmm. your, your neighborhood, you know, what you, you know, what you rep, you know, with your, your culture, you know, where you, how the, the things that you have did and what caused you to, you know, go to prison, you know, at what age and stuff like that. And, and, and the shit that you have to deal with as far as the legal terms right. is definitely way different in New York. We don't have a concept of shit. The only reason I know about. The shit that y'all go through as far as, as, as being gang members in the, in the adjunction mm -hmm. and all that gang is because I learned that from you. Yeah. From the time that we started. I think together. we was dealing with the gang nah, injunction. We when you came out here, they was trying to, it was, yes. it was, it was, it was yes. just pushing. Remember that shit? Yeah, you're right. Yes, I remember. I shit always stood yeah, in my mind. Yeah, because the armies couldn't even be together. I remember that shit. I yeah. was like, what the fuck is this? So, Damn, I remember that. It was crazy because they just, they just, they just ruled it. We just won in court. To, to rule that that was all illegal. Yeah. So they had to go back and um um and then they robbed us again. It was a, it was a 30 million dollar 30 million dollar settlement mm. that they still robbed and took. And yeah, and, and, cool. and, 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 and the cold brothers cold. who got it, it was supposed to be the brothers who lost jobs or was forced to go to prison just in the justice because it's not a law. Mm. It was just 
some piece of paper in the junction is supposed to prevent you from doing something to, that may lead to a law being broken. So there was never a law behind the injunction. An injunction is something that stops this, this from happening until a court rules that this is illegal, unjustified, or wrong on each way. And they was actually locking dudes up and giving dudes violations based on that. But they still doing that, right? Well, no. Nah, they got nah, they, Well, they can't use the word injunction at all. Okay. So they can't come and get you and say you were two or more people, you in an area you're not supposed to be in. So they can't use it like that. That was um as of two so, years ago. So so what's that if you 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 get caught with a gun and they want to give you two years, but the oh no, those are the, priors. The injunction comes in and they, they get you another ten on top of that. Yeah, that's still there. So the uh, uh, um what we have is priors that's and enhancements. Crazy. No, that ain't went nowhere. The enhancement for a gun. It's still different. That's like me, for instance. I went to prison for, I got, a, I had a robbery. I had robbery, kidnap on a police officer, assault a police officer, and uh, drugs. So I beat all the other part, assault and all that, because at that time, an officer couldn't be a victim in a crime, mm. an undercover officer. So because he was an undercover officer, and I pistol whipped him and drug him, once you move a person six feet mm. in California, that's considered kidnap. So there goes the kidnap part. If you stand in one place and I move you six feet, kidnap. That's called that's considered kidnap. And then the assault part and the robbery part. So that right there, so then like me, I had to go to prison, which he was talking about, and learn the law. Because I ended up yes. catching another case while I'm in prison on some more officers and when all this started transpiring, I mean at what age and what you know like Oh, when I started going to going to jail was thirteen. Thirteen, yeah, thirteen. For a robbery, 13 for a robbery. Okay, for the record, when you raised that, you know, let's oh, I was raised right here in Crenshaw Slauson. I was I was uh 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 well I was actually born in the Hoovers. Okay. Mom's done moved, my uncle done moved to the to the sixties mm. on uh Arlington. And so at that time it wasn't no road in the sixties in, in, in what we what we considered to be from western all the way to the water. That area was still like un, it wasn't it wasn't anything over yet. Mm. So when we started, when black people started coming east, from East L.A. to the west, that's when the gangs started coming. So you started seeing Brims come over here. You started seeing the Hoovers and everybody going west. You started seeing that. So we got over here early 70s. Um, it wasn't a roll of 60s yet. Okay. And then shortly after that, about 74, about 74, 75, the 60s came. But when we came, we already was like little baby kids. Okay. We was out all night, three, four in the morning, you know, running the streets, doing okay. what we doing. You know, it kind of was different, but writing on walls, doing that shit. So we already had that. We kind of had that energy already. So now we coming over here. Um, then about... At 13, 14? No, about a little earlier than that is when the Crips started, the, the word Crips started getting bigger. So that's about, I say about the fifth, fourth or fifth grade. Mm. We start hearing about the Crips. We start homies talking about they turning Crips, and we like we all want to be Crips. So we hearing about if you gonna be a Crip, you got to get a Crip jacket. And we all like, yeah, we gonna be, we gonna, I'm gonna become a Crip. And that was before the violence in the negative, the negative, the negative connotation got to the name. Mm. And then I think um, in the 12th grade, so we about 12 years old. Um, no, about 12 years old in the seventh grade. Okay. In 1979, we get to we get to horsemen. Cause see, even at that time. We still used to say blood. Mm. It used to be like young blood or young cuz. You could say that everybody right. said that was a word that all of us used. 
up until 1979. So then that's when the color color classification came in. Mm. And so around 79 is when you start meeting other people. And you start um, seeing people from different demographics because you go from being at a school that may have, uh, what, maybe 500 kids at elementary, mm-hmm. and now you get to a junior high school and, it, and them numbers double. Mm-hmm. And now you're in school with people who's 14, you're in the ninth, because at that age it was ninth, 10th, you know, it was 7th, 8th, and ninth. And so 7th, 8th, now you got kids and people who are older. So now your influences get get become different. Now you get to experience things. Now you're hearing about they doing car legs. They going around going in cars. They stealing batteries. They stealing, they making money like this. So upgrading. So you start upgrading because you're starting to hear about shit that you had never heard about. Mm-hmm. So in your neighborhood, you're like, oh, yo, you just you just steal the battery and then you take it to thrifties. Yeah. And you can sell it for thirty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Damn. Now you like, okay, let me go get a battery if I need some money. Yeah. So at the time in LA, man, you know, we 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 was batteries and hubcaps. Mm-hmm. Cause remember, and I know you guys remember too, because it couldn't be a hubcap stay on this on, on, on the corner. No, that shit is gone by daylight. <laughs> that shit gone. Especially if you get all four. <laughs> you get the nice little spoke ones and shit, you know what I mean? That shit is gone. Go. So, I mean, we started doing that. We, um, we doing a little stuff, a little stealing right there. And um, you get caught, they take you home. Mm. And but the mentality is always now like it's us versus them. Mm. And I think my one of the experiences that kind of shaped me was my uncles being that we was from Columbus, Mississippi. We, my family was from Mississippi, okay. who all moved, migrated here to to the West. They used to always get into with the police. Mm. So my uncles would really be fisticuffed with the police in the front yard. So that shit is in your blood. Yeah, well, you know, I watched it. You know what I mean? I'm talking about like on point, like they to the point to where they knew everybody in our family name by name. Mm. Like you know, they knew them was the Shelton boys or the Shelton family. In and my name ain't even Shelton. That's crazy. So that's oh, how okay. I beat a lot of cases because mm. I am a Shelton. But my, my my mother is the is the family, so she took on I took on my father's name. Mm-hmm. So they thought my name was Dante Shelton. Okay. But my name is not Dante Shelton at all. So for years, that should help you out. What? Bit. What? Until they find out. Well, until they find out. Man, listen, I used to get pulled over by the police, have my real Crenshaw ID, Crenshaw High School ID, and the police would pull me over, and I'd tell them where I live. My mother lived in Compton, mm. so I would just tell them I was from Compton, mm. give my mother address, my ID, and they'd put it down. But the whole time. From the world of what scared me is I was on the run for some for some real serious shit. Mm. But they looking for Dante Shelton. Yeah, whole different name. Whole different person, whole different yeah, name. Yeah. The police right there with me. Got us all booked up. And because I had already started an FI card as my real name from Compton, only thing they want you to do is claim a gang. As long as you claim a yeah, gang. That's it. And I'm claiming a gang, and I'm in there. They got my Crenshaw ID. I got my Crenshaw, Crenshaw backpacks. They only know me as that. They don't got no name attachment. Mm. I mean, I ran for, I ran until I eventually got caught in 1982 for, um, I went to the Hall for some robberies, okay. some kidnaps, assaults, attempted oh, murders. Was. I was 16. Mm-mm. So my first case, like I said, was like 13 or 14. I right. got shot when I was 14. Okay. In a robbery in 1982. You was, so you first was time getting shot. Yeah. I, was, I, just, I just told a lie. I told it wrong. 
We had did the robbery. Right. And we kicking back. And the homie is flashing some money. Mm. And some old niggas roll by and try to pull out on us. Okay. And we down the street, and we looking like, what the hell? And they kind of go crazy from there. And I end up getting hit in the arm. That was my mm. first time getting hit. Um, <laughs> it was funny. But, yeah, so it was, I think I was like 14 or 15. Um, I don't go to the hospital, none of that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, moms, no, moms don't even ever, never find out about that. So this one, I got this one because it went, at the time, right. it was, it was because I was smaller, it went, it went through the out. muscle in and out. But then it got, as I got older, it got smaller and smaller. Okay. But that was my first time getting shot at 14. Then around about my second time, I think I was 17. It was after I got out of Central Juvenile Hall. No. I got, when I went to Susan Judah Hall, I went for the robberies and all other shit. They put it all in the papers. And um, I got kicked out of California. At what I, age? Uh, what had to be 17, 16 or 17. Mm. And then when I get out of Susan Judah Hall, and I go live with my father. So it was my first time really vibing with him. in California. Yeah. What's yeah. That? Yeah. They weren't going to release me to my mother no more. Because they couldn't find me guilty of all the shit. And... Mm. um. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they run it in, in New York, but in LA, and I think it's like that around the world. You, in your birth, when you get a birth certificate, mm-hmm. you are not a, a ward to your parents. You're really a ward to the state. Okay. That's the reason why we are judged by a court of law, mm-hmm. and they say judged by your peers because you actually belong to the state, to the, the state, state that you're born in. You're born. That's why they give you a certain number. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like uh, a cause. Uh, it's like the, the title. It's the title number. That's what they're giving it to you for. So when, so 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 when um, I learned that when I when I went through that. So when I was because I was a ward to the state because of my crimes, they had the right to either release me to my mother, or release me to my father, or they could see it could they could they could dub me unfit. For society, but I hadn't been convicted of nothing because none of the witnesses was coming to it's say none of the shit yeah. I did. Right. And then they talking about I suppose I had two different names. Mm. I didn't have two different names. I only had one name. Yeah, they just thought that. They just thought that. I had never told you I had another name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got caught in a whole nother a whole nother um police department. They didn't know I was actually in jail until uh, maybe about a month or two into me being in jail, then they came back and they hit me with a bunch of different charges. Mm. And so at that point, it was like, nah. So that's when it kicked in. So now I end up going to Chicago. I'm living in Chicago. And it was my first time. And I always tell people how when I got to Chicago, I get to Chicago, man, we got we got the long hair and we went, the way we dressed was totally different to how they dressed in Chicago. Yeah. So when I get out there, man, I'm wearing khakis. I'm, I'm, I'm getting khakis, dickies. Polo shirts, I'm ironing my shit. And to them, it looked like I'm getting dressed to go to to go to go church every day. Mm. So I get out there, um, I check in school, I go to Harlem High. Okay. And um, I'm in 11th or 12th grade, I can't really remember. And, you know, we throw the hood up like this. So this is how we throw up six, and sometimes we do this. Okay. And sometimes we do this, sometimes, you know, we do all yeah. this. But back then, that was disrespectful to them. Because if you throw one down to five, or you throwing down a one. Yeah. And they looked at it. And you throw one down. This was like vice lords. So if you throwing down 
the how we throw our hood up to throw the end up. Right. That's disrespecting Vice Lord. Oh, and so, shit. man, I'm in school, man, and niggas is thinking I'm like a, a surfer. So niggas is like, you know Michael Jackson? Do you know Arnold? Do you know like, motherfucking Michael Jackson? Motherfucker. Said, nigga, I'm a crip. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. that was foreign to them. Mm. Like, the fuck is that? And I'm like, you know, like, so years later, that's when I always liked that song with Tupac, say, y'all better learn about y'all B's and C's, because these niggas is real G's. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I remember when I went out there, because we was a lot more advanced than they was as far as the violence, because we was on guns. Okay. And when I got to Chicago, they were still putting locks on belts and... <laughs> and whooping motherfuckers with chains. They running down on you with socks on. <laughs> man, I was a gas your ass up. Hell you know yeah. what I mean? Because I was just in a different mentality. And mm-hmm. then at that time, because, I mean, I'm, and it's from a young point of view, mm-hmm. and this is like 80, 83, 84. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there and I'm looking 82, 83, 84. So they just was on a different level. So when I get out there on probation, I end up doing some more robberies because. When I get to uh, when I get to Chicago, they were still living leaving they shit in the windows, like they were still leaving like boomboxes, radios, and clothes in the windows, and and putting the, just the chains on that shit. And I'm like, shit, man, we finna gas up. So I'm teaching my mans and them yeah. in Chicago. I'm like, cause I was still in the hundred eight. I was still in hundred eighteen. They missing what? I went and got a truck, put the chains on the truck. Snatching the trucks, driving down the street, the gates, unchained that shit. And the homeless said, everybody got their bricks ready. We blasting the windows. We going there, snatching everything. Because uh-huh. they were still leaving shit in the windows. Mm. And we already had taught them in LA, like, oh, you better leave nothing in these windows. We was in gun stores then. So the area I lived in, I was on Arlington. So it goes Arlington. It goes Arlington, 2nd Avenue, 3rd, 4th. Nipsey lived on 5th. And then it keeps going up. Okay. Then you got uh, all our big homies lived on 7th, 8th, and going up. So that's straight down Slauson. So that's why we was like the Slauson boys. Because okay. I'm like, not even, I'm like, this is Slauson. And then I'm seven houses from Slauson. Okay. Nipsey on 5th was four or five houses from, from Slauson on 5th. So he's five blocks from me mm. where he grew up. And then it goes, and that's, that's kind of like the whole hood. <laughs> so it goes straight down Slauson all the way to Crenshaw, okay. and then we keep going past Crenshaw. <laughs> so Crenshaw is like our last main street. Okay, you know what I mean. And that's why Nipsey was really the Slauson boys. Mm-hmm. I was really Crenshaw yeah, because it. I went to Crenshaw and I pushed Crenshaw first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like our younger generation was really saying Slauson. Okay, that's why Nipsey didn't have Crenshaw on his back. He had Slauson on his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was Crenshaw. Yeah, and just like um in my neighborhood, uh, they had. They had uh, Cypress boys, just because the neighborhood is Cypress. Right. I'm from Cypress. <clears throat> so they had Cypress boys, they had, and they had Junior Cypress boys. Right. You know, like the little like, Junior Cypress yeah. boys. And then we was like the Cypress boys. Exactly. You know what I mean? I, I got it. And yeah, that's exactly so, how so, it was. So what year you, you, you went to the, I mean, you went to jail for the, you know, to the, to the big house, you know, and what, you know, what was I went what, what to the big house in, 19, you know, what, what in 91. I'm right in the ride, December 1991. Like what? I said, I said earlier, December 1991, a robbery and kidnap on a, on a police officer. And, 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 and how much time they gave you? Did you count out? I was out sitting, nah, hell no, nah, I went to trial. I went to trial, they banged mm-hmm. me. I ended up getting, first of the 56, then they ended up getting reduced down to 23. I do 
half, at that time we was doing halftime. Okay. So I would have, I should have been home after 11 years. Mm. But I ended up catching three years and nine months in the hole. So I did, amongst other time, I did three years and nine months in the shoe. Okay, for those that, so, okay, so now you, you so you, you blue trap, you got, what was this, what was your census? It was uh, 23. Okay, and them, um, and you served how much time? 13. And them, out of 13, you spent three years and a half in the hole? I did three, year, three years and nine months in the hole, straight. For those that don't know about the hole and all that, the shoe. You that, you know, the hole is a California shoe. How was running out here? You know, how is that? It's, <laughs> it's 24 hours, just 23 hours lockdown. And because there's so many motherfuckers, it really turns into 24 hour lockdown. Mm -hmm. So, how our shoe was ran because there was so many people in the shoe, you'll do, you'll do six straight days on lockdown. And then they take you out and give you eight hours straight on the yard. Because California law makes it mandatory that you have to get so many hours out to sell a week. Mm -hmm. And because they can't give everybody their hour out to sell, so they just do it like they go by the block and they'll take whoever sell one through 20, and they put us in these little dog kettle shells, I mean, cases. And they're about, about I used to put it. Across my um, touch walls, touch the wall, and they put it on the yard. And it's really dog kettles. They got little porta potties inside there, and they put you out there. Rain, sleet, or even snow, your ass gonna be out there if you want to go out for your yard. So we go out, no underwear. I mean, just your underwear and um your um flip -flops. your flip flops, and that's all you can take on the yard. Now, if you out there, that motherfucker, and it's freezing, you are gonna be out there like that. What caused you to go to the hole though? What was the reason? Man, I broke somebody. I knocked. I knocked the dude eye out. Out of socket, so I had caught a um, I had caught a um, great body injury. So okay. one of my homeboys did some fucked up shit. He ended up coming from the county jail. We get the call, and he trying to justify the situation, mm -hmm. and I ended up catching it because it, it came straight to me. You know what I mean? Which I would have rather it not come to me because mm -hmm. I was on my way home. I was at my two year mark to come mm -hmm. home. So you know, like that's me, that's I done shut, big, I done shut the yard down. Yeah. I done shut my presence yeah, down the yard. Man. I get the yard to the little homie, like, mm -hmm. you got the keys to the yard. Mm -hmm. I'm backing up. I right at my two year mark, and you know what it is. Every time, <laughs> motherfucker, always lose a day, man. Every time you two short years, some shit. I was good. nine years straight in. I was nine years straight in. I had two more, but I was coming on. Boom. Boom. So, so they gave you three years and a half in the hole. Yeah, it gave me. It really was since twenty four months, but because California, like I say, the prison is so crowded, mm -hmm. I end up staying in there just waiting to be transferred. But what <coughs> happened for me is I had already fought my time back, and so I really didn't want the guards or nobody else to know when my release date was. So I never applied for all my good time back. Mm -hmm. And I cause you know, you know, our niece can look at your car to see, oh yeah, you go home. And that's yeah, when they really control you. That's how the guards yeah. come in, oh, oh, I'll give you a write-up. They can do all that shit to you. So I never applied for my time back. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't gonna apply for my time back till I got six months to the house. You mm -hmm. know, I knew in my head what my time really was when I, my release date mm -hmm. was. So if you looked at my card, my release date still looks like 2015 or some shit like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I'm already knowing when they when the course changed my date and gave my time back, and then I beat them 115s, I knew, boom, I would get my good time. And see, we did good time out here, so you get a day for day. So if you had 
If you get if you get 15 years, you only got to do seven because you can get day for day. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and the police know you're doing day for day and not 80, 85 or whatever percent, then you're the ones they fuck with. And they're really on you then. They're really on you. And I definitely want a mother to know I was doing day for day because I had all the drugs in the yard. You know what I'm saying? So you was like, in there slinging and all that. You was like, from day up. one, man. I've been hustling from day one. I hustled yeah. in, the, in the thing. You know what I mean? How do you, how you manage? I mean, being a uh, crip and coming from, you know, uh, uh, Crenshaw and uh, going to jail, how's, how's the system with all the rest of the gang members and, and, and all that? How that all play out and all that for the, for the people that don't really know how the West carry, you know, how it's done? It's um, because of, see, I went early, so I know it, and I'm trying to tell it to you, but it's a long story if I tell it to you. One would be, well, sis, just say that um, it's not hard for a crip or a blood more than it is for anybody else that's not affiliated. And then secondly, it goes down. Like if you a crip in the blood, mm -hmm. you kind of got it good. Okay. And then if you, now, where you are, where your gang sits, if you're from them real reputable gangs, you sit good. And if you're not, it kind of, it, it tears down. Then the thing is, and then it goes to prison gangs. Mm -hmm. So they got different prison gangs. They got uh, um, BGF, they got um, Blue, Blue Notes, CCOs, they got Bloodline, you know, all the other different gangs. When you say prison gangs, what, what, what that means? Are they just gangs only in jail? Yeah, only in jail. Oh, Where their influence and their strength is really in jail, not on oh, the streets. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because like when dudes come home, they really kind of roll back what they what they set or what they vario. And uh, but in prison, you know, oh, throughout, I never knew that. Oh yeah, shit. Well, some of this shit go all through all the federal prisons too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And like I think uh, our gangs influence federal prisons more than anybody else right. than, than the other prisons. Our gangs and California is kind of weird because. Um, it's like uh, certain places you get away with certain shit and certain places you don't. Like, uh, you would think that we had a lot of rabid homosexuality in our prisons, but you really don't because mm. that's kind of frowned on. And that's likened to George Jackson and all them. Mm. But, and then, so it's kind of different in our prison. I think it was when I was young because when I was young, when I got there, I was 23. Mm. And it was different. You know what I mean? It wasn't like... It wasn't heavy like now. No, it's different now. It's crazy. It's super now. heavy now. Super heavy. Yeah. And I think because the moral fiber of what we do, people as a people, is just don't want to shits. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, like when I got to Yard, when I got the captain of the Yard, and as a prison I went to, dudes knew what I was on. Okay. So they would know what you can keep and what you can't keep. And then by me being from 60s, you know, the biggest gangs is like the East Coast is the Hoover from the Crip Corps. Okay. The, yards is the East right. Coast is, is the Hoover. The Compton Christians, they moving together like they CC, the CC, uh, CC Riders, and then it works like that. Then mm. it's, we like, we're not like one of the biggest gangs in prison, um, but we more effective in our environment here. Mm. So now our numbers then got bigger than where it was when I was younger. So like. So now they big in prison. Yeah. Bigger than it ever was me, cause I used to be on it. I had a keep away though. Um, I had a keep away for from the sticking on the police officer in um Calip no Calipat. So I had a keep away order where I couldn't be on the yard with more than three rolling sixties, cause they had me as a shot caller. Yeah, so I was a, they had me as a shot caller, a, a, a staff manipulator, 
and all this other shit. So I couldn't be around no women. No, I couldn't work for or be around no women officers. Um, you know. So you know. Damn. Yeah. So, so so back then it was it was definitely total. Now it was heavy as hell. Like the you know like cell phones. And, yeah, cell all kind of shit crazy. going on now. So well um um what year you came home? I came home 2004. Straight out the hole. Straight out the hole. Like I was saying, I had applied for my time back. Yeah, so so on, so what I did was once I got to the hole, I thought first I catched the case. Remember I told you I was two years to the house. Mm. So I catched the case. Uh ended up knocking that knocking the dude eye out. And um the shit really like it was my first time even seeing that. And that's just crazy. Oh man. yeah, even out. Man, I'm like I start shit. praying. Your big ass motherfucker, <laughs> I believe that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, shit, I was I was shocked so myself. Body shit. What? I'm shit. looking at the man with his eyes trying to get up the ground. I'm looking like, oh, I'm wait, up. fucked up. Fucked up. Now I'm thinking. Two years about to go home. Only way I beat the case is because now in 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 the jail, dude comes serving me the paperwork. Mm. So by the time I get to the hole, when he comes serving me the paperwork, I write the wrong name on the charge sheet. So when he giving you all, know, when you get your charge sheet, slide the charge sheet under the um. Under, under, the door, under the door, reading my memorandum rights. I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, hey, you, why you had to hit him that hard, man? Did you see his eye, man? That shit is fucked up. So while I'm just talking to him, I just write mm. my victim name, Kenneth Glass. Slide it under there. I'm talking to him. Swear to God, pray to God, man, he leave. When they come back to have my hearing, because you know you got to have a hearing within 30 days. Yeah. And if you declare that you want to, if, if they if they going to charge you, they got they got thirty one days to charge you and have you in front of of, of, of of a judge. So I told them I wanted to put the, put it off. I wanted to put the hearing off mm. and put my charge sheet off. My I mean, my appearance day off. Mm -hmm. So they thinking that I signed it. Okay. So when they looking at the sign, they when they come back to him on one fifteen here, thirty days later, dude is him on one fifteen here like nah man. I was like, what is this for? He's like, no, you were served this. He's like, no, nah, I would never serve this. <laughs> so now you got to go get the same dude mm. that's supposed to serve me. He got he off duty. I'm in the hole. I'm just sitting in the hole trying to pray that I get past this 31 days. Facts. Nice. When dude come, I'm coming off visit. Come in there, dude, hot as a motherfucker. He's like, man, no, motherfucker, you were served. I said, man, I ain't never seen this before. Mm. They go to my cell, they... Tear my seal up. Of course, I done flushed this shit. <laughs> flushed this shit up a month up. ago. For so they real. put me in a stand-up. You know, they put you in a stand-up tank. You know what I'm saying? They mad as a motherfucker. Take me to the hearing anyway. Find me guilty. And say, you smart enough. Get your ass back out the hole. They find me guilty anyway, bro. When With no 115 hearing. They, no, they had the 115 hearing, which is illegal. After 30 days, they yeah. go past the 31 days, they had a hearing. I can't now be charged. They still take me to the, he finally get to 115 mm -hmm. without me being there. Take me to uh, in front of the board, find me guilty, sentence me to uh, Calipatra shoe, and send me on my way. All illegal. So you, have to, you have to appeal it. I had to appeal it. So now, what, how long do it take to appeal it? It takes me two, it takes me two years. Oh, no, no, hell no. California system's so fucked up, bro. I gotta, I'm appealing. First, you gotta, first I gotta write a, every appeal you write, you gotta keep a copy of this shit. Right. So if I'm writing it, 
I got to write it like five times. I got to send one home to the family, mm -hmm. one to the system, and I got to keep one. Oh, yeah. Ain't no copy machine. So everything I'm writing, mm -hmm. all hand. All hand. I'm writing all three of these jargles, and I got to keep a log of this shit. So I'm sitting at home, sending the wife here, wifey sending it in, and I'm doing all this shit. All from now, I'm, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. I done got the cap, I done got the cork and shoe. And um, that's a whole nother story. So while I'm sitting in this motherfucker fighting these people, I get about, about 15, 18 months in, I win the whole case. Now, when I win the whole case, mm. according to my calculations, I got about a year, a year and a half left to do. But I win the whole case, and when I win the whole case, I should be out to shoe now. You got to let me out to shoe. I turn around, I'm like, my, my 24 months is all the way up. Now they're saying they got to find a prison that will accept me because I'm, I'm a shot caller. I'm, yeah, a, um, I'm a threat everywhere I go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. Yeah. I sit in there for a year. When I finally file for my um, when I finally file it, get my time back, I get a time augmentation and it says that I'm 30 days over my past, what would be my release date mm -hmm. if I get these dates back. So now I'm sending all these um letters to my counselor, because you know you're in the hole, you're in the shoe. So in the shoe, you don't see nobody. Only movie you're gonna see is some pissed off guards who working overtime yeah. because they did some fucked up shit or got caught. So they don't give a fuck about nobody and nothing. Mm -hmm. Period. Facts. And I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, then when I first get to the shoot, and I think this is what people need to understand, what youngsters need to see, is when I first get to California shoot, it's different. Mm. It's 24-hour lockdown. I have no books, no TV, no radio, no nothing. A nigga's in the cell. I'm literally in the cell, nigga, damn near about to go crazy. It's the, it's the only time in my life that I ever was scared mm. because I wasn't scared. Of, I'm in the cell by myself, so I'm scared that I'm going to go crazy or I'm going to lose my mind and I'm going to end up like some of the brothers down the hall. Because I'm talking about, dog. Picking up cigarette butts and all kinds of shit. Lost fucking niggas ain't getting nothing in the shoe. You don't get shit. You ain't getting no cigarettes. You ain't getting shit in the shoe. Hell no, you're going to get a couple of suits and everything they give you, everything you buy from the commissary is going to be open. Your toothpaste, they're going to take your toothpaste, squeeze your toothpaste into a plastic bag. Mm -hmm. They're going to take the chips that they give you that you buy. See-through bag. Put them in a... And you know, you're going to take them and put them in the bag. It'll take your soap, your deodorant, and put it in the separate bags mm -hmm. for you. So that's how you living. You know what I mean? And you getting like, how long? That's some sick shit, my nigga. Every, your toothbrush going to be this big. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be one of them little... Three pair underwears and three. That's three all you shirts. getting. That's, that's all, all you getting. And if they come in your cell, and you got more than that. That's, that's another writer. Yeah. Your mattress gonna be this thick. Yeah. You gonna get one cover. That's just tough, man. And the pillow. Motherfucker, that tell me they go to home for the first time or any any and 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 they, and they front like that shit ain't nothing. Oh yeah, this ain't. Yeah, okay. You lying like a motherfucker. Different way of there, living. And you go through that through, through the motions. You, you start thinking crazy, like you, just like you said, you think, like, damn, I gotta keep this shit together. Bro, you know what I mean? People are watching you crazy. All you do is watching the fucking four walls. That's it. You lose track of time. First thing happens is, once you lose track you of time, but I had to put it together. I had made, I, used, I made, I made playing cards from yeah. the, from the, from the, um, from the, um, <laughs> from the uh, milk cartons. I made playing cards and milk cartons. I made puzzles. I made all that shit. I didn't put, 
puzzle together and threw shit down on the ground, wait till it dry and cut the paper. I mean, you had to do something to keep your mind occupied. Fucking facts, man. bro. That's the fucking truth, bro. And then, and then, um, uh, 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 I go to shower. I go to shower one day. I never forget it. I always remember this because I could hear the Laker game. I could hear somebody was playing the Laker game and Laker was playing the Portland. And we was going to shower. And one and the homie Flacco, you know what I'm saying? He was he was a shot caller for, for the Mexican mafia. He recognized me. Mm. And he like, uh, you know, he, he can't really say nothing to no blacks, no, no blacks in it, right? So I get back to my So you can't, what you mean? You can't talk to each other? No. They can't, they we can talk to anybody else, but they be under different instructions. You know what I'm saying? So it's real racist in our prison. So when I get down there, yeah, but because I had all the sacks in every prison, I'm the exception to the rule. You know what I'm saying? Because I hustle with them. You know what I'm saying? I hustle with them, ABs, I hustle with all of them. Everybody, hell I got money with all of them. Hell yeah. So, I'm telling you, because Flocker was the one that looked out for me. He knew the officer. He told the officer to get me my TV and my other shit was really helping me out. You know what I'm saying? Like, So he had knew me from the yard. We had came to prison together. And um, he was like, yeah, man. Uh, he, no, he said the guy he has to do the next door to me. Do it to Warren. Like, hey, homie, you got a line? Shit, I ain't got no line. Ain't no line nobody for me to talk to. Mm-hmm. So when he, he slinged the shit into the cell, sent me the kite. And uh, I hit the bars. I'm like, yeah, this big you. Did a couple minutes later, boom. Sent me another kite. They sent me a line. Okay. Sent the line down. He like, this Flacco, man, fool. Calipari, man, I know you. Yeah. He holler up and I'm like, he said, you straight? I'm like, yeah. And he like, uh... Man, you ain't got to sit in there. I'm like, nah. He get the guards. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To help me file a paperwork, get my shit. I ain't even have a book. Yeah, they they wouldn't even give me a book, bro. They wouldn't give me shit. You know what I mean? And so basically, when I got that shit, then I filed. filed get, he gave me something to read about, I think, that day or the next day. Um, and, bro, I'm telling you, I'm saying it because it was really a lifesaver. Like, I don't even know how long I would have been able to go. Mm-hmm. Because you just, if you in that, don't you start remembering everything you ever did. Everything your mama said to your cousin, you did to your little sister. You think about brother. all kind of shit then. Everything, everything mm-hmm. dark. Mm-hmm. You can remember that shit. And you're trying to fight for better memories versus rough memories. And like I said, I tell kids all the time, that was when I was most scared in my life. I ain't never been scared of dying. I ain't never been scared of nothing else. I just didn't want to go crazy because I was seeing people really who were solid dudes who they didn't, these people they had back here and I'm thinking like, man, how the fuck did you fuck him up? Like, how did his mind get fucked up like that? They lose their fucking mind. Lose their mind. The cigarette buzz in the yard, all kind of shit spaced out. Spaced out, nah, bro. That shit is fucking scary, though. Nah, it is. So, when you came home, um, what year were you? 2004? 2004. And you have been home since then? I've been home since 16 years. No trouble. I went back for, for a little something, but I got banged two times. What do you mean? I got banged. Um, I came home 2004, so I was out six months. I went back for, like, my, my me and my little brother together, he got caught with, he said he, he had caught with about 20, 30 pounds of weed. <laughs> and then, then I went to jail doing the Nipsey tour because me and Steve had did a deal. And Steve left me up. No, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that 
about to say, damn, what the fuck is this? Nah, nah, man, I went back to jail. Uh, uh, we did we did a contract with uh, with uh, Sony, mm. and me and Steve had signed Nipsey. So they gave us, what, 71000 to go on tour, to do, to do the Nipsey tour. So I had a partner of mine who had a mobile home. Mm. And I went to him, like, look, bro, let me use your mobile home. We finna do this game tour, LAX tour. And he's like, cool, go ahead and do it. But the whole time, the mobile home was on the hot seat. And they had been looking for the mobile home. Mm. And so, but we don't know it. So I registered the mobile home in my wife's name. And Steve put the insurance on the mobile home in his name. We on tour. We go on tour. And every, almost every other state we get to, they hitting us. They pulling us over. They doing all kind of shit. One day we get somebody to see him. And um, me and Steve is at the hotel. We taking a shower. And somebody comes say, yeah, man, the police got Nipsey on the bus. That's on, on the mobile home. Hmm. And uh, I think it was me, Steve. Short stop, my short stop. We all, you know, we rush to get dressed. We run over there, and I come on the bus, and they got Nip on the bus. I mean, y'all got to get off my fucking bus. This is private property. Get off the bus. And they like, no, we talking now. Nah, you ain't gonna talk to him in here. Mm. So get him off the bus. Boom. Then um, we leave Portland, and we on the road. We just moving. So I can't remember exactly where it was, but. They did some sabotage shit. They took the bus, demobilized the bus, took the um, radio to cap out of it. And I can't remember it all the way accurate, but Steve probably can tell you. And so we ended up getting stopped. Mm. So we calling everywhere for somebody to come get the mobile home to fix the mobile home. When they come to get the mobile home, it's the feds. They come get the mobile home, take the mobile home, Take the it's all in the paperwork. This is how we know everything that they did. So they take the mobile home apart from the ruler to the tutor. Now we stuck somewhere in between on the tour route. I say, fuck this. Jump on the plane, me and Hop, and go back home. Mm-hmm. They finally get the mobile home fixed. Steve and them get on the road, they take off. Steve and Nipsey. I ended up getting that when I get home, they bang my house, thinking that. My house is dude house, and I'm dude and my wife because she registered mobile home. And yeah, it, it was, they thought I was him. So when I end up getting, so I end up going to, I end up going to jail, me and my wife. So now when I get out, I feel, I'm like this, like, why y'all acting all funny? They asking Steve for the paperwork. They asking Sony for the paperwork. They need a lease to yeah, show that we was leasing it and that this was the movement. Right. And then... Steve and Nipsey acting like it's just major caper. So I really, that's why I left music. Oh. That was really how I left music. And if you look at it, like, if you see where at some point in our music venture, you only see Steve and Nipsey together. Mm-hmm. You kind of really don't see me no more. Mm. And, and niggas didn't really know why I had left. But I'm like, shit, if these niggas is panicking like this over some shit that ain't serious and we in a hip-hop game, what if we knock down some motherfuckers? For real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I love Steve Depp, but I'm like, I got to get away from this. And we weren't making no money then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it didn't make no fucking so sense. So make no sense. Like then I started managing Vean Reigns. So I'm managing Vean Reigns. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, I'm doing like, I did about six, seven movies with Vean. Okay. So I did like, I wrote some movies. I'm, so I'm really getting, I went from managing Vean, I mean, I went from, from Nip to Vean. And I'm probably making with Vean about 200 a year. I remember when you wrote this, young. Yeah, he was young. 
We came out in the movie art and everything. Me and Nick. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I tried. I tried movie. Yeah, we had, we had a lot <laughs> of fun. First time we cast you over there. That was my, yeah. that was my first movie. Yeah, we had a lot of fucking fun, man. That was my first yeah. movie. Awesome Steve yeah. made that happen. Yeah. Steve put that movie together, Steve, bro. Happen, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That was my boy. boy fuck, man. But that was that, and that shit, that really, because like, what was crazy, and I always tell people this because Steve was the only person who took a, took a, took a chance on the third. Mm-hmm. And put us, put me in a room. I said us, Absolutely. and put us in a room with, with motherfuckers in a suit and meant it. Like, cause Steve mentality was like, "Oh, you want to do, but you don't want to do. We don't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You want to do him, but you don't want to talk to him." Yeah, like what kind of shit is that? And you know what I'm saying? And it was, it, it was, it was crazy because, like I said, when I went and got Steve, it was because people wouldn't deal with me, mm-hmm. and then they wanted to deal with Steve, mm-hmm. and then they didn't want to deal with Steve. Because Steve was dealing with me and Pistol Pete. So they're like, Steve got all hey, the thugs. Fuck you, <laughs> all people. You got these motherfuckers. Yes. You trying to put these niggas in the game. Yes, yes. They was a kill Steve. Man, let me tell you. I got one more story to tell you, right? And, and it goes to me and you. Because I remember when we first got Nipsey, right? Mm-hmm. And I went to Steve. And then Steve said, I can get him signed. Steve was excited all the way to the team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to get him signed with Koch. Steve take it to Koch. They turn it down. Mm-hmm. He signed too much like Snoop. We got an album we're going to do. Oh, we got the Death Row catalog. Ooh, all this shit we hear. Mm-hmm. Six months later, Sony signs him to Epic. Guess who takes? Guess who gets the deal? The distribution deal, front-end distribution deal first. Uh, on the urban side, Koch. Yeah, of course. The same motherfuckers who turned him down. Mm-hmm. Now we got to go right back to Alan Grunblatt's. Yeah. And I'm saying, remember you turned this down? Mm. But that's how it was, though. And then, bro, I'm talking about just being a nigga from out of prison because that's all everybody was hearing. Like, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was so daunting to me because all this rap shit at the time was about niggas going to jail, niggas being thugs, yeah, yeah, niggas being yeah. Christian blood, niggas are sea walking and so all this shit. shit. So we came out, we came home at the right time. That's what I'm thinking. Me too. But they really didn't want to see it. Fuck no, they were just rapping about that shit. They want us around though. They were just rapping about it. That's really all it was. That's all it was. All the fuck it was, man. So you been to, so you started filming, I mean, you started um, um, managing um, um, uh, the actor. No, uh, yeah, I started managing Veen. Nipsey was signed to me. I went, man, I never managed Nipsey. People okay. always say I managed him. No, I didn't. I, Nipsey was signed. Nipsey, uh, Aramis, don't Aramis Astrodome is signed to me. Unique music. Okay, you know what I'm saying. I okay. still to this day own 25 percent of publishing. Um, I think I own 25 percent. Steve own five percent of publishing on our contract. There, there was exercise in 2010, 2009, 2010 for ten years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I own that to this day. I just ain't did nothing on it. You know what I'm saying, but you know that he was never. I was never managing nobody. Okay. I only did the management part. Well, my actual contract read that if if ever I stopped because Steve didn't manage because we at the time we didn't need no manager. Mm-hmm. We were doing everything yeah, to bring him to the to, to bring him to light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So, and if you know what a production company is, a production mm-hmm. company we really act as everything until everything. a person has something built. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Same shit I did with Killer Rat. Signed up four local guys from the corner. That rap gave us a deal with Koch. Where Adam Grown Black came out with that. Same shit. Same, Same exact shit. But see, people don't understand that. So they be thinking that 
I really came in as a manager. I didn't come in as a manager. Right. I only did that also at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know well, what I mean? You needed to. Yeah, because we need to. process and all that. Exactly. That's what we do. We, exactly. We, we into we do we do it all if we need to. I mean, yep. we just need the opportunity to do it all. And then sometimes that don't come, man. Nah, you know, I'm fucking no. But I mean, shit, we can't be, man. We sixteen this, years this, in. Shit, we home. We've been home since then. You've been helping a lot of kids out, doing a lot of football stuff. Could you tell us a little bit about all the good stuff that you? Been yeah. Doing? So I got a um, developer nonprofit. It's the biggest, one of the biggest nonprofits as far as African Americans in 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 LA. Mm. So I've been blessed to. With an organization, so like I said, when I left, when I left the tour, and I went to jail, I really just got back and only just started doing developing options. It was a wake up. It was a wake up call to me, as of sorts. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, after doing all that time, then you take that hit. I had some other little shit going mm -hmm. too. So that really was like a wake up call. Like, like you know, nigga, wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really kicked back and I started managing Veen. Veen gave me a great opportunity, man. And I humbly love thanks to Dean. And I started doing that and I started doing developing option harder. So that was uh, uh, me taking my energy and putting it into kids and in the organization. We had a football program, we have an after school program. We've been blessed to have over eight kids make it to the NFL through our program. Yes, sir. We have. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I got man over. I got over a hundred and some kids that graduated from from college that came through our program. We love that shit. You know man. what I'm saying? That's that's, that's 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 super respect. Super. Mm -hmm. You know, you my brother. I love you anyway. But I'm yeah. just saying though. But oh, I yeah. just love. I love that you doing that. Oh yeah, we doing it, man. We still doing it. I got like. I think got all kind of awards from the from the governor's office, from the mayor's office, just for the work we've been doing because. Since I've been home, we've been instrumental in dropping the gang violence down from Chris and Blood. And I gotta, I gotta credit, you know, again, I always gotta go back to credit Steve and Nipsey from that for, for helping to do that because it took Nipsey to see the vision mm. and the things that I wanted to do and not, not go out and disrespect other sets. Okay. And Nipsey got it from Gate. Mm. And I don't even, I, I would like to say that Steve got it, Nipsey got it. That made it the team have it. And we was able to, to blur the color lines in a major way in L.A. And that, that was the first attack that people see. You know, if you can't wear red, if you can wear blue, if you can't do certain things. And that was the one thing that we went out and we set out to change. And, 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 and them guys helping to see my vision helped to change that. You know what mm, I mean? And that right. has helped L.A. in a major way. Mm. In a major, major way, you know, and so we don't see the violence and the killing like we used to see in LA. Right. It gets that. We, we, of course, we got spikes because yeah. um, when I left, it was probably what twenty five percent gang members, and the rest would be affiliated. Now it's the rest gang members, probably twenty five percent that's not gang members <laughs> and affiliated. It's different now. <laughs> it's totally different, and I'm glad that people not at the way we was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We still yeah, got yeah. the violence. Yeah, we course. still got brothers dying, but not the way it used to be. It used to be constant shit, right? And Attention so, all the time and all that. Everywhere you go, you right. gotta really. I mean, we on point anyway, but still, the extra look, yeah. shit, all the time and all that. Yeah, and what you wear and all that too. Yeah, right? anyway, that's the key. That's the key because that's that's that was kind of for yeah. me. I always my concern is like, well, I gotta make sure you know I wear the right shit, but 
when I ever came out here, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get on fuck with you. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, you know, yeah. so I'm really, really you. Right. So yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna wear what the fuck I wanna wear. And that's, that's how it is. We wear everything. We you wear know everything. What I mean? I'm just gonna wear red, blue, and and so I do I, I do a lot of speaking on a lot of different places, right? Okay. And really, I try to I try to help people understand that you got to start it at home. Like my sons, I made sure my sons knew Simon, mm. and I made sure my sons knew other different bloods and whack and all these dudes. Because I want my sons to understand that you don't even know where your enemy is until he tell you. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta ask you where you from to find out if you my enemy or not. Ain't that some shit? How fucking serious could that be? Shit. Like, if you can't walk in the room and I just know I'm supposed to hate you or I don't like you, then goddammit, how do I hate you? Mm. I got to find an article of clothing or something that you tell me that, well, what about when I take this shit off and we ass so naked in a cell, you know what I'm saying? The people tell us when we can eat shit, piss, and you get it then? Mm-hmm. And so, you know... I'm happy. I'm happy that like right now our program is still going, man. My last group of kids, like coach, uh, for my part, one of the team because we kind of take them up. Like I'll get them at five years old and I'll coach them all the way up. They all finna graduate. Wow. I got a graduating class. My my oldest son is my my youngest son is finna graduate from Reno, uh, Reno, Nevada, and it's five of them that came that came through. There's just the team that I coach. So. Three of them about to graduate. My oldest son is um thirty. Me, because I, I I remember your kids. I, I you came to your house, of course. They yeah, you was, remember Mike. You remember Mike. He's thirty-two, and uh, my youngest is just turned twenty-one. My son, thirty-two too. No, he about to turn twenty-one. Yeah, yeah, he about to turn twenty-one. Yeah, we some old heads, man, but. <laughs> You know, we can say that we did it, man. We can say that we. You know, we can say that we <laughs> really gave it back. Right? How many grandkids you got? Um, two. I got four. Man, my grandson is 11 years old, 5'9". Damn. Is he into, uh, what you got him he he, 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 he playing basketball. That's I'm driving tomorrow say. to a tournament. I'm driving tomorrow to Arizona to a tournament for three days. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, so cool. we on that. He on the traveling basketball team. But this dude, 5'9". Wear a size 12 shoe. 11 years old, wear a size 12 shoe. But you know the thing about him is, man, he he damn near a genius. Like he Oh, that's good. He 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 hard on the computers. He he, he schoolwork is done done and he focused with that. Oh man, he that's he different. You know what I mean? So he'll play, he'll be one of them kids. Cause I like, I like to, I don't put the burden on kids to to, to use Just sports to go year. to the pros, mm-hmm. but I do put the burden on kids to use sports to go to college. Okay. See, my thing is this, though. To me, every kid should use that avenue to go to college and get something out of college. Thanks. You know what I mean? Because we know that it's only 3,500 kids that play NFL football. It's less than that that play NBA football. And it's middle ground with those who play baseball. So, you got a better chance of being a rocket scientist than you do of making it to the NFL mm-hmm. and making and making a quarter of the money they make over the span of their 30 years of working as a rocket scientist and that you would make as a seven to, a seven to 10 year player in any of these sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but what I, what I try to tell kids and parents mostly is that this is a tool to get an education. Facts. So you can There's if you way. if you change it to think about that, mm-hmm. no matter what, 
I'm gonna be able to get in, get an education. And I like to tell parents it's important that you go and take that red shirt year. Because, I, I mean, and I'm talking to really kids who got yeah, uh, super athletes. You want the kids to take the red shirt year because it works and helps you in two ways. You get four paid years of college. If you take a red shirt year, your first year in there, you now get five paid, sure, five paid years. Let the kid take a red shirt year, be at, be at school without having a burden of, of education and football or education and whatever sport they're in. Is hampering them okay. because it's a struggle to come from the edu- the lackluster education we're getting in the inner cities in New York, LA, mm-hmm. to now going to a school, you know what I mean, where they don't have the time to babysit you. So it's a struggle. Most of our kids, because of the lack of education we get, it, the level of education we get, are going to be challenged when they get to college. Mm-hmm. But if they know they're going to take that one year to focus on the first year of school and whoever the parent is can give them that assistance and make sure they have the tutors and all that while they're not doing that sport, then they got four years to be great. Mm-hmm. And then be able to deal with school, sports, and all that. You got four years to be great. So all your kids, you, you got to focus. Red right? shirt years. I mean, everybody, you're taking a red shirt year. I don't care if you don't take it the first year, you take it the second year because you need that red shirt year to be able to focus on education. So that's what I do. So my kids, I want them to come back and be police officers, uh, um, fucking uh, uh, mayors. You got to come back and get, inv- get involved in the community like I was and how I met you guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. you got to come back and give back. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a proponent. If you want to change the system, the system is broke, then change it within. You know what I mean? That's my philosophy. And what you think about uh one last question, um, you what you think about um um jail reform? Is it necessary? Is it, do we need it? The well, it's different in different states. Cause California is well, cause I can give you the history on that, right? California is different because it's our jail system is really about profiting. It's about money. The original system of incarceration for so African and minorities so was was really a, just about a kind of slave and keep them working. They actually, they actually found a way by getting money from the federal government to actually fund those states and fund and develop cities. So we know that we know that cities get money from the uh, cities and states get money from the federal government by education, mm-hmm. crime, and, and, and medical health, right? And anything else deals with like fires and your know, whatever natural disasters. We are fires in California. Um, certain places of uh, uh, storms and other floods. places of floods, mm-hmm. different things. So those are the things that's guaranteed to get money. But when we send our congressmen and all these other people from different states, their job is to get the taxes money back that we pay as tax citizens to the federal government. Mm-hmm. Well, California was the master of the prison institutions. So we built a prison, uh, prison complex, and that was our major way to run on crime. Okay. So that's why you started seeing a dude catch possession for sales, and then possession for sale only carries four years no matter what. Yeah. You can't change the law. So they started creating enhancements. So you'll get if you got caught one time with possession, now you And if you get caught again, they can give you another five. Yeah. So now if you get caught with only carry, the original charge to it is one, three, and four. Yeah. But then they, put, they started creating these enhancements. Mm. So then California started creating enhancements Everything, no matter what, spitting on the ground became an enhancement. Then they got tired of enhancement. They created a three-strike law. Right. And then the three-strike law was a way for each state to start running on a, this, this fear of crime, this lock them up, and crime is growing. So now you get 
You get uh, um, major prison complexes who are now investing money into Channel 7 News and all these different news to run that and scare the people that crime is continuously growing and crime is this and these are this. You only run in certain stories about the inner city community. So now, if you would think that people only die within the inner city, you wouldn't think that nowhere else that Nobody white dies. people are dying. You think white people are living forever. Like they ain't never killing each other, fighting each other, shooting. They're not doing none of that. Right. And you'd only think this happening in our community because that drives California's prison complex. So you go down to and you see California makes per inmate, uh, per inmate that stays in any little city. So let's deal with um, Lancaster, city of Lancaster. So they'll build a prison in Lancaster. That prison will then employ 1,500 people from that community. Mm. No, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. It'll, that prison uh, uh, employs 600 people in some kind of way, 600 people live in that community. So now they're developing small white communities okay. and, and they're not farmers no more. They can't make money farming. They get these jobs as CEOs, I mean, as CEOs, and they now the they live in the towns. Mm-hmm. Now you're developing. Same thing they do upstate New York. But see, hey, the thing with us is I don't really know, but I know we got more land for them to build prisons on oh. out here. That's the reason why we double every state in prison institutions. You know what I mean? We double everybody. And they make more money. So California was the first one to start doing private prisons. Private prisons, like investment prisons. Yeah, investment prison. How in the fuck do you come up with a concept yeah, of, a, of private prisons? That tell you right there, the, the system is broke. Yeah. You, 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 and so the feds under the Republicans, I'm sorry, were the first one to start rejecting the idea of paying private prisons. So some some four years ago, I'm I'm all over the place because there's so much more. I'm trying to just hit you with the points. Yeah, yeah. But the laws start changing, and the private prisons are now suing California because they, they had a 50-year agreement with these prisons that they would continue to run on the system of locking people up. Right. Well, California is now changing that philosophy to saying to, 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 run a, to try to introduce recidivism. Mm. That's only a concept, right? Because now they're saying that the Fed's not going to give you money for locking motherfuckers up no more. That's really coming from the Republican-run house, right? And I mean, it's just the reality of it. Because our Democrats in California have always ran on locking motherfuckers up. They've always ran on that. So California's a Democratic state. Why does California, if it's for minorities... Democrats are for minority. How does your state leave in more prisons? Lead in more prisons. And then we as we as people, minorities, gotta fucking figure it out. Right. Like the system ain't right. And yeah, it ain't right because we've been running under this so so-called. I mean, we, but you know, we, we gotta we, figure we, the math out. We, we, we don't think we don't think that shit been running the same way so long. We think that shit was like legit. It's, and it's crazy because, like me myself personally, after going to prison and really going to prison for a crime that really should only carry four years because I got four years for possession, 10 years for the kingpin enhancement law, the amount of drugs, five for a gun. Um, then I got another 10 years on top of that for, uh, uh, what was it, possession for sales. And all none of this carried what the case carried. Yeah, shit done changed. That. Everything is just all the enhancements, all the enhancements on top of the possession for sales because I beat the robbery part and I beat the assault on the police officer part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 and I beat the kidnap. So now I'm stuck with the four years for this, 
and I got found guilty of a gun and a robbery, which they it was never a gun. So it's just really California is ran on a, a lock them up mentality. Yeah, that's it. And so lock now the feds, not California, the feds have said we're not going to continue to fund your prisons. And it's a fight they've been doing. They started doing that before I went, before I got out of prison. 2000, 2004, I got 2004. So the feds had said they was going to deal with California overcrowding before I came home. This was a conversation that was going on. They just now starting to do it. So what California did was they don't want to let, they don't want to let all the inmates go because they make too much money. So if you release your inmates, this is money you, California cannot get yeah, from yeah. the federal government. Yeah, of course. So if you let, and now you got with all these different places, they got all these different prisons, money's not coming in that area no more. So what do you do? You lock motherfuckers up for the simplest, dumbest crime. Crossing the street. Crossing the street. Oh, you crossed the street too many times. Well, guess what? He's a gang member. This is the key to this conversation. He's a gang member. So when they came with the gang enhancement, going back to what we was talking about with the uh, injunction, so how that works is they started making gang banging like this ultimate growing crime. So here's, here's how they did it and how we finally got yeah, the law changed. Yeah, that's just crazy. They said, okay, if Big U, if Big U um, whoops his son and Big U gets charged with that, guess what? That was a gang member who assaulted his son. If Big U gets into it with his girlfriend, it's a gang member insulted in, in, in his girlfriend. If Big U gets in trouble for picking up a T-shirt, it's a gang member. So they started piling every crime that happened that a person did, they called it gang-related. So now when you look at the numbers, what do you see? These fucking gang members are out of control. Yeah. Gang members are doing this, gang members are doing that. They start doing it everywhere. New York, LA, every time you get caught, they consider it a gang-related crime. You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then they start whooping it. Now they get the money because they, now you got all these gang tasks because everything. So in California, we start trying to make them, we're still doing it, to classify everything what it is. Right. If it's not gang related, don't call it a gang crime. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here, yeah, it seems like they just want to do that on everything. <laughs> they got to fill the prisons up. Yeah, shit is. You got a contract with private prisons. We was, we, look, we was locking up so many people in prisons. California had a contract with other states to send them prisoners. Ain't that some shit? Yes, yeah, man. We, from, we, from all over the place. From here, from California yeah, State yeah, Prisons, we sent a percent, we sent a portion of our prisons to Mississippi. Right, There's yeah, Mississippi, yeah. Louisiana, Alabama, and all the different states. Right now to this day. They just stopped it. Because the feds are saying we're not gonna give y'all no money for no more money for these prisons. If y'all don't get it right. Well, man, you know, um, with that, man, I guess is uh this is it, man. Thank you. I want to thank you so much. I appreciate you, my brother, man. You know, appreciate you for life, man. You already know what it is. Your boy, Pistol Pete, that dog in the yard. That yard talk with Big U. You already know. West Coast. You already know. Legends. Get out. The unique way. Exactly. The unique way. You see it. You see it. The unique way, man. We don't do this anywhere. We just do it out here. We out here in the hood. You already know with the big homie. Yeah, we on Crenshaw. God damn it. Let's get that right. It's your boy Pistol. Dog in the yard. Yard talk. <laughs> Welcome back, man. You already know that third season. Dog in the yard. Yard talk, man. I mean, 
I told you guys, man, we're not playing with you guys, man. We're not playing. We can't. We coming. You already know, this third season. West Coast journey is gonna be crazy. And I want to thank my brother. You already know, Big U, for making it happen, man, and, and being a part of it. You already know, man. And with that being said, man, don't forget check out my merchandise, man. We got super merch. All you need: hats, t-shirts. You got it, man. All you gotta do is just get on that, click on it, and you already know how we giving it up, man. It's your boy Pistol. That y'all talk, man. You already know. West, West, West. Big U, what up? Splash. One, two. This is a step. This is how gangsters do it. Splash. Step. One, two. I'm in a whole lot of zones. Songs, they look like kaleidoscopes. I got the white for the white boy that's sniffing the shit in these feet on the slopes. I got the can for that lady that thinks she could take it, but know that she can't. I got that work for that work that's gonna work right after it works. Look, I put.